to Look-See, the podcast for the art curious in Richmond and beyond. I'm Paige Goodpasture. Andrea Donnelly is a contemporary artist who uses cloth and other materials as a medium for her work. For Andrea, the loom is a tool for mark making, along with other materials like ink, dyes, and found items like milkweed pods. Making art is a full body experience. When she finishes a piece, it contains not only the woven cloth and ink that we see, but also the marks of her body, evidence of the labor that went into creating her beautiful work. The tension of opposing concepts plays a big role in Andrea's work. The discipline of weaving and the impulsive of painting on cloth with ink, the presence of time and the shadow of memory, density and transparency, even the literal weaving, unweaving and reweaving of cloth. What results is gorgeous and complicated, work that you want to spend time with. We spent some time with Andrea recently, ahead of her new solo show, Theorems and Poems, now on view at the Reynolds Gallery in Richmond. I am here today with Andrea Donnelly. Andrea is a contemporary artist who uses cloth and other materials as a medium for her contemporary work. Andrea, thanks for being here for this podcast of Look-See. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Paige. (laughs) So, Andrea, I read a quote that was kind of a new way of looking at your work. And that is this idea of using the loom as a tool for mark making. Can you talk a little bit more about that just as a way to kind of introduce people to your work and process? The loom is a tool for art making. I talk about it in that way because people can get caught up in the practical aspects of the equipment. It's used to make cloth. Originally, it was used to make everyone's clothes before industrial looms came around. And so now hand looms are used either very deliberately in the making of functional cloth or they're used by artists. But I call it a tool because it's not just about the technical processes that are required to translate thread into woven cloth and the woven cloth isn't just about being woven cloth an artist is always in collaboration with a tool whether you're using a pen or a paintbrush your body is interacting with that medium and you're creating a unique kind of mark with the loom it's it's about more than just the hand And that little aspect of interaction, it's about the whole body because weaving cloth is a whole body process from even counting out, say, 60 feet of thread to threading each one of those threads through this loom that looks like a a piano meets a four-poster bed kind of thing. And then rolling all of that thread onto the loom and then sitting down in front of it and using your feet, using your hands, weaving the cloth and then painting or other mark making techniques. On top of that, I'm leaving the impression 
of my body onto the cloth that I'm building. They are lasting marks of the work of my body. A cloth is built one thread at a time. So literally you're looking at the buildup of my labor in the structure of the cloth. I love your description of the loom. That's perfect to think of it as the child, the love child of a piano in a form of <laughs> yeah. Your work includes the process of making the cloth, weaving the cloth, and also applying paints and, and inks and other things to the cloth. Your work is involved both the weaving process and the applying of um, marks made with inks or paints Mm -hmm. onto the cloth. And I had not thought about how different those two mediums are, those two materials. So weaving is something that is a creative act that is very rational and it is contained within the structure literally of the loom, but also the process is very much dictated by the warp and the weft. You can do a lot within that, but it's a very concrete and immutable structure. Mm -hmm. Whereas ink is a very impulsive medium. It wants to break out of its boundaries and it's very difficult to keep it contained and it has an element of the unexpected. They really are kind of almost polar opposites in terms of choices of material. So can you tell me a little bit about like what drew you to that you know, what questions are you exploring with that process? And what is the reward of, of having these diametrically opposed processes? I think you've hit exactly on what keeps me doing what I'm doing, which is this meeting place between these two different techniques that are, for me, representatives of who I am and who we are as human beings. I use weaving on a very metaphorical level. I love it just for what it is, but I also love the deeper layers of meaning that can be extracted from this metaphor of uh, warp and weft woven together, creating structure and um, what cloth can mean. When I first started weaving, we learned by doing samples. And the first time I threaded a loom and wove my samples, I wasn't impressed. I didn't like it. And then we were told to do a project on our own. And when I moved away from the traditional pattern sample weaving and saw those threads moving, it it was just like possibilities were opened. I've never been interested in weaving for just what it naturally does. I'm interested in what I can add to it that is counter to that structure and rigor. But that structure and rigor is it's the balance to that loose, unpredictable element. So to figure out how I can be unpredictable with something that is so necessarily planned and orderly is very rewarding for me. I just love playing in that space between complete lack of rules and total rule systems. And I think the work I make is somehow representative of both. You don't do the weaving, unweaving, reweaving process and everything. 
let's just lay all of this out. Even if you see this process happening before your eyes, it's kind of hard to spatially understand what's happening. Let's take the ink blots. That's a fairly recent body of work for you. These are exquisitely woven pieces of cloth that have ink blots on them that look the way that an ink blot would look if you did it in the traditional way, which is you apply a blob of ink to a piece of blank paper and you fold that paper and you smooth it and then you open it and you see what happened and you can try to sort of make it take a certain shape, but there is a large element of chance. Mm -hmm. And these beautiful pieces of yours look as though that's what's been done but it's a much more complicated process than that. So can you explain step by step, you know, how do you create these inkblot pieces? It was kind of a thought experiment at first. Psychology has been important to my work since I started making work, I think. I was making work about the body and really felt like I wanted to do something a little more abstract. And the idea of the inkblot was kind of this universal symbol of psychology and the the idea of psychology the idea of looking into the mind through something like an abstract shape so I was thinking about the inkblot and how you make an inkblot and I said well how would I create a woven inkblot my idea was that I would weave cloth and basically create half of a stain so where you drop the blot onto paper and, and fold it and, and press it down, what I would do is I would weave a white piece of cloth and then I would just drip color onto it, even pushing the color around with my hands, working it deeper into the cloth. And then I would take that cloth apart. I developed that first with a very small piece of cloth, but it literally is just pulling one thread out at a time, taking it all the way back down to vertical threads separated from the horizontal threads, and then winding the weft or horizontal threads back onto bobbins so they're stored in order, and then tying that warp thread back onto the loom and reweaving that with plain fresh thread, and then putting some new fresh warp thread, white warp thread onto the loom and weaving those rewound weft bobbins, which contain the other half of that image onto that fresh cloth. So what you end up having is two 50% density images where there was originally one 100% dense image. So in putting those two halves together, you create that mirror image, but it's not like a real inkblot in that shifting happens through the process, not only because one direction is horizontal and one is vertical, but all of that agitation and, and movement of threads, things don't go back perfectly together. So for me, creating a woven inkblot was a way to add another layer of information and interest and kind of embedding another story about the body and what happened in the making that isn't readable directly, but it's whatever you want to interpret that to be. It's that same notion of the chance of that creation. What you have in the end is the record of that process. The concepts of time and memory have also been very important to your work. And as you are describing this process of 
weaving, unweaving, and then reweaving. I wonder, so it makes me think a little bit about the way that we imprint memories on our brain. You know, we have the experience and theoretically it exists in the real world, but who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then various things happen to us throughout our that hour and that day and, and later on in our lives that cause that memory to be altered, sort of like applying the ink to the cloth and then our brains kind of weave it back in to our subconscious in a way that isn't recognizable it's there the content like just like every single thread that was in the original piece every single molecule of ink that was in the original piece is in the final piece but it looks completely different or the pieces that you've done that have writing on them and the final piece you can't read the words but the words are still there They're just an abstraction. And that seems to me to be similar to the way our memory works. That's a beautiful way to think about that. And you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about like grooves in a a record. Yeah, it's about carving into a memory. It's a really physical kind of thing and pulling things back out. And yeah, I mean, I'm just so in love with the wildness that is a human being somehow doing those kind of physical actions for me is some kind of performance in which I am the subject matter and I'm the observer. And in being that, I'm drawing conclusions, not just about myself, but about being a human being. And that inkblot is that record of every thread I pulled out and put back in to see the way my body changed what that original thing was, the history of the whole process and the original is still in there, but one thing is not the other. Another thing that I think is interesting that you play with with your work, Andrea, is this idea of transparency or solidity. Mm -hmm. Some of your pieces are beautifully diaphanous and the way you have installed them in many cases allows for people to walk around them and to see through them. And other of your pieces are very solid. I'm thinking especially of the large piece that is a beautiful sort of pinky peachy, Mm -hmm. almost like a sunrise pink, and it's felted. Mm -hmm. That piece has a solidity. With the figurative work, it starts with the imagery I want to use. I think the decision on whether the piece would feel more fragile and transparent or dense with the figures is, is based on the imagery. So with those touch memory pieces, I did that series because I was doing a lot of those transparent figures and I wanted to explore that other aspect of cloth, which is not the delicate diaphanous aspect of cloth and more of the sensual, heavy, really physical, I feel this on my skin, like a a piece of velvet or something like that. But also the figures within those pieces are covering themselves with cloth. So there's cloth painted within the cloth. The work's called Touch Memory, and I was really hoping to translate that feel of cloth on skin through the pieces. And then the inkblot works are generally pretty dense. Some of the work I really just want to have this kind of meaty heavy quality to it, like weight to the work rather than that lightness. That's what's so awesome about 
weaving is that I get to make those kind of decisions. My canvas is not just a canvas. It's, it's a structure. It's two-dimensional sculpture, I suppose. Yeah, it's interesting to be a painter, but to be building the canvas you're painting on with the paint already on it, it's interesting. You know, it's probably safe to say that your work has, for the most part, been quiet, introspective work. It's something that the viewer can be quiet with mentally as well as actually quiet with. The cloth deadens the sound Mm -hmm. in the gallery or wherever you're experiencing it. So it's literally quiet, but it's also just a, a sense of quiet and introspection. You are exploring a different voice for your work that's a little bit more outward facing. So can you talk a little bit about that? It's been really influenced by a side of my work that I began to explore after school, which was functional. I did that as a way to support myself as an artist, but that side of my work was where I really started to play with pure technical exploration, color, and pattern. So pattern, it's something we think we understand. It's something that we may overlook because our brains take in pattern and fill in the gaps, expand it. That's a pattern, that's a polka dot, and I can move on. In thinking about language and and the way I was pulling it apart and putting it back into cloth, it started to reference the notion of pattern to me. With my work, there's so much that people don't understand about what they're seeing. Just the idea of cloth being so ubiquitous, but On the other side of that coin, cloth being so important to us as a memory, as comfort and protection. So it's this double-sided thing. With the scarves, I was playing with the ubiquity and, and the specialness and the patterns in the cloth. I just started taking those patterns and manipulating them in my artwork and even taking pieces that I originally intended as scarves and transforming them one more time to make this new work. So that's when color started coming in. These different patterns that I had made started showing up. And what I was doing with those original pieces was cutting them and rearranging them to hopefully create this kind of interruption in pattern. And in all of my work, because it's made by hand, if you look closely enough, you will see that there's stuff going on at every level that is unexpected. But people don't always wait that long or look that deeply. So in taking those beautifully handwoven, technically highly complicated scarf pieces and cutting them and rearranging them into kind of a a collage, a woven collage using color and line, kind of mashing things together. It's like a super concentrated dose of those elements. So that's a new body of work for me. And not only am I cutting those, but I've been cutting new ink blots, which is another interesting layering of, of where things fit if you want to talk about time, which is what that work is about. So say more about that. So you take a piece that you created as an inkblot originally, Mm -hmm. and then you cut it up and alter the way that it comes together and 
the idea of time comes into that. That's something brand new for the Inkblot works is this new series. They're called uh, Temporal Cartographies. So this was a, a very purposeful series of ink blots. The first large-scale series of ink blots I did, I was thinking about the element of chance and watching what I created as I created it, the decisions I made as I put things back together and how tight the thread was pulled so it shifts the image a little bit. In this series, this new series of ink blots, all of that is there, but additionally, I was meditating on the nature of time which is an important aspect of my work in general, just because it is so time intensive, but it's also time intensive in a really interesting way for me as the maker. It's an experience to sit at a loom for eight hours and and hear the loom working and watching my body work. And so it's very meditative. Also just a pure matter of doing something for that long. I mean, we don't really spend time doing things like that so much anymore. So with this inkblot series, I was really thinking about the time invested in weaving a cloth and then putting an image onto it. Time is not what we think that it is. I've been reading very superficial essays on physics that are just really blowing my mind right now about what time actually is. And I think a new theory is describing time as these little links like chain mail, which means that time is a fabric, literally. I like to think about things like this and there's no answer except what I find through doing it. So so there's that weaving, unweaving and reweaving process that is a representation of time, but also maybe this different representation of time. And then to have that final image, which is the blot, and then to cut into that and shift one part to where another part was or flip one section upside down is this whole new way to play with a literal and metaphorical mashing up of of what time could be. That's what I'm doing with the temporal cartographies, both as, as the idea of temporal, as the idea of time, and as a nod to the temporal lobe, the brain, which is a sensory input part of our brain. Lots of goodies in that. <laughs> I love that idea of time as a literal fabric. These days, I'm finding art everywhere. And physics is really art. Physicists are artists. And artists are scientists. We could have a whole nother conversation about <laughs> the kinship between scientists and artists. You both have questions, and you're exploring, mm-hmm. and you're making mistakes, and backing up, and trying something different. And your goal is not always an answer but often it's more questions or more things to think about. I just really appreciate your coming over and being a part of the look podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you. To learn more about the art and artists in Richmond and beyond, go to our website, look-c.co. There you can find more podcasts, videos, and articles focusing on our vibrant visual arts community, as well as a calendar highlighting a range of arts events in Central Virginia. I'm Paige Goodpasture, and thanks for listening to Look See.